Welcome back to the final episode of the Husky Huddle Up podcast. I'm Carlos Guillen from First Year Programs, and uh, this is kind of a, a new format because you're actually able to see us um, on this final episode. Um, my colleague Jana is actually not here right now. Um, our, our first year programs office here at the University of Washington right now is busy welcoming first year students onto campus with move-in and dog days events. So we're really excited to um, have this final episode um, and we're taking a little bit of uh, a different angle um, and I'd like to introduce you to, to Chloe who is our student coordinator for uh, remote logistics here in FYP. Chloe has actually been the person in the back end creating all of our episodes, editing our videos. Um, Chloe has actually also been in the back end of all of our live webinars, making sure that those have been running smoothly. So we wanted to give uh, you all an opportunity to meet Chloe um, so that you can uh, kind of see who is behind the scenes in all of these uh, family orientation events. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and pass it off to Chloe. Chloe, welcome to the Husky Huddle Up podcast. Um, I wanted to give you some opportunity to just give a little bit of background information about yourself. Where are you from? What is kind of some of your experience here at the University of Washington? Yeah, thank you. It's kind of weird being on the other side, um, <laughs> but I guess I'll give the whole spiel. So I'm Chloe Giselle. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a junior here at the UW. I am in the cinema and media studies program. If you get all the way through, that is that outro. Um, I've lived around Seattle up north in Lake Linwood, uh, the 425206. I've been there my whole life. Um, yeah, I am one of three currently at the UW in my family. I've been part of the UW family for, I, I don't know, my dad was an alum, so I guess my whole life. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and then I was in OL as well for the first year programs last year, and then other things I do around campus is that I'm uh, currently the Filipino American Student Association uh, Activities Chair, and that's kind of just all I do in and around campus at the moment, <laughs> seeing that we're just about to come back. Definitely a busy schedule uh, for you. It sounds like um, I know that. Uh, so one of the one of the projects that Chloe has been working on um, is actually uh, taking on this final episode and interviewing some other student leaders um, to give you all some perspective on uh, the student experience here at the university and even some tips um, that uh, students can give to you as parents and family members on how to support your students. So, Chloe, how was that interview? How did it how did it go? I feel like uh, it was such a fun group of people. It was. It's also because we're all friends, so it wasn't like there wasn't any pressure at all, and we kind of just all let loose a bit. Um, we just talked about our transitioning into the UW and how our families played a role as we were transitioning, our connection building at the UW, and how each one of us either had the same experience or a very completely different one, and then how COVID affected like our school experience because majority of the people I interviewed were all they're all juniors with me so we only had that like half half of a full campus experience yeah yeah very unique 
opportunities uh, for for student experiences, you know, especially now. Um, so that's great. That's really great. Well, I look forward to that interview. Um, and for those of you parents and family members, we hope that you enjoyed this student perspective as a way to really kind of give you additional um, perspective, additional context for how you will uh, kind of continue on these Husky huddle ups with your students as they get started with their own Husky experience. So we'll move on into that interview next. Hi, welcome to the Husky Huddle Up podcast. Uh, today joined with me are four amazing student staffs that also work with me at the FYP. We are joined with Kent Vo, Diana LeBron, Morgan Miller, and Lucas Godfrey. Hello. Hi, y'all. Hi. Hello. Hi. Thank fun. you for having I'm us. I'm so excited for this. Could you um, be looking forward to this all day? This is the highlight of my day. I'm so I have like an ASMR here. mic so you get to hear my voice crystal clear. <laughs> How exciting is that? Uh -oh. That is very exciting. You're very right. Mm-hmm. Kick it back off to Chloe. Yeah, for um, those who don't know you, because I know you all, but for those listening and those watching, um, introduce yourselves. Give me, give me your story. Like, absolutely. I will go first. I am ready. Um, hello everyone. My name is Diane Laguan. I use she/her pronouns. I'm a third-year student, originally from Federal Washington, but now call Seattle home. I'm studying education, communities, and organizations, and minoring in diversity. And I'm super happy to be here. I know Chloe uh, from last summer. I was an orientation leader last summer. Now I'm a student coordinator for program logistics. And this fall, I will be teaching a section of, I'm a fig leader, so I will be teaching my own section of my class. And I'm super excited to meet my students. Um, and I will kick it back off to Chloe. I mean, not off to me, because there are still three other people who, who need to introduce themselves, but I mean, <laughs> That's an oops on my part. I will kick it off to Kent. <laughs> oh, sweet. All right. Uh, thanks, Diana. And thanks again, Chloe, for having us. I actually have been looking forward to doing this. Uh, my name is Kent Bo. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm a fourth year student studying political science and law societies and justice, and I'm from Beer in Washington. A fun fact about me is before I was an orientation leader with Chloe and Diana and Lucas and Morgan, I was actually a kids pop kid. I'm now currently a student coordinator for advising and orientation. And also I am working with first year programs in the first year experience council. And then I'm going to popcorn it over to Lucas. Yeah, sure. Um, and one thing to add about Kent's intro, his other fun fact is Kent is a pathological liar. That is also something to note. <laughs> yeah, kids pop is kind of Kent, sus. Sorry. <laughs> Could you remind me what your um, breakout hit was? With Kids if Pop? you don't believe me, please listen to Adele's Rolling in the Deep by Kids Pop. By Adele. I am the, I'm, I'm doing the background harmonies. If we have well, time at the end of this podcast, I'll demo for this. You know, yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's funny is that you have a really high quality mic right now, Kent. I think it'd be a great time. I'll do warm ups while you do your intro. Of course, of course, of course. Hi everyone, my name is Lucas Godfrey, pronouns he him. I am from Graham, Yeehaw, Washington, about an hour and a half south of Seattle. I'm currently in Seattle, um, so that is my new home. I am a junior major in economics, minoring in political science. Um, fun fact about me, I should be a major in interior design, because I mean, hello, live, laugh, love. So I might consider changing my majors. Uh, let me know what you think. And then uh, Morgan, would you like to introduce yourself? 
Yeah, okay. Uh, my name is Morgan. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a third year student studying physics and astronomy, and I am from North Bend, Washington. Um, and I know Chloe because I was also an orientation leader, and right now we're also co-workers at first year programs. Oh yeah, we're all actually co-workers together. I'm also a student coordinator for orientation. Forgot to mention that. Oopsies. Now you're just making it sound like you're on here because you work with me. Um, that's not true. We all actually asked to be on the podcast. We <laughs> oh. asked like, we, like, I asked, like begged, four times. Begged for months. <laughs> They finally, they finally exactly. let us on. They finally let us on. And what a mistake that was. <laughs> that's okay. Um, that's fine. Now that we know your roles and affiliation, uh, what what inspired you to come to UW or what made you choose UW? Uh, I think give this a shot. I, I know it's funny because we all seem like we're big UW fans that were all working at FYP, but for, I know for Diana and I, we actually had a really rough time our first year because we are both first generation students. And for me, that came with a lot of imposter syndrome. I remember going to classes and thinking, oh, if there's a test, they're going to find out that I'm actually not supposed to be here, that I've been trust like randomly getting through my previous high school classes and I'm on, I'm here by some stroke of luck and I'm not actually meant to be at the University of Washington and that was my first year experience and it was rough and I didn't know what to do and how to get across that but then I met other students like Diana who say hey you got to use these resources you got to reach out to uh, OMAD you got to talk to the, your academic advisor and those people are here to help you they won't make fun of you for not knowing anything and once I started using those resources I started feeling like I could be part of the UW community and so that was my transition into UW. Yeah. Um, so I got inspired to come to the University of Washington for a multitude of reasons. Um, I actually was torn between two schools my senior year of high school. I was torn between a very small private university and the University of Washington. I chose to come to the University of Washington because I was completely undecided, I had no clue what I wanted to do, had no clue what I wanted for a career, and I knew that coming to the University of Washington, they had a, over 150 majors, they had the variety I was looking for that the other school did not, they had a small, the other school had a very small select group of majors, and I was very scared that I wouldn't be able to find what I'm passionate about, but luckily coming to the UW, I knew I would find the thing I'm passionate about. And luckily for me, the thing I'm most passionate about is education. Yeah, I came to UW for two reasons. One, location. Um, as I mentioned, I grew up in a very small town. Um, and so coming here where like food is five minute, a five minute walk, like hello, iconic. Um, and the second reason I came here uh, was because I had a great physics program. So fun fact, I actually came in as a physics major, uh, soon realized that was a mistake very soon realized actually not that soon um switch over to econ um but i decided to stick with uw mainly because i had found such a great community here and i really um found my like i feel like a lot of my social circles and again community um especially here at uw and i really am able to connect with so many other students um and so even though i switched majors and like i wasn't going to be in physics anymore i knew i still wanted to be here so that's how i ended up staying at uw for econ uh, I chose to go to UW because I also really liked the location. 
Um, it was sort of close to home. I loved the idea of being in a big city like Seattle, and I loved the idea of going to a big university and the amount of people there are and, like, who you can meet and who you could become friends with. And the, the opportunities especially were a really big reason. You always can, like, change majors, and there's tons of major options. There's lots of resources for you out there. There's also lots of, like, off-campus resources and opportunities, just uh, especially as, like, a STEM major. Um, there's lots of, like, Seattle's kind of a hub for tech and science. Uh, so that was a big draw as well. And, yeah. We have a lot of companies here. There's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, too many to list off. Um, yeah, cool. knowing where you've all come from, I guess, or at least what inspired you to come to UW, um, do you want to describe your transition here as a student and what your family members, your parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles, etc., and what, like, what role they played and how they looked like as you were coming here? I know it was like, three four years ago but like you know time memory you'll be fine yeah um so like had mentioned earlier i'm a first generation college student where we him and i both are and i came to uw with no hand to hold i had no clue what i was doing i was learning as i went i moved out of my house i was like 19 years old freshly graduated from high school and had no clue what was going on I had the biggest imposter syndrome in the world. I was waiting for someone to figure out that I was not destined to be here. I was waiting constantly for someone to figure out. So my first quarter of college was incredibly difficult. I suffered from the loneliness of coming to this big, ginormous institution. And my family like knew this. I would come home every single weekend due to the loneliness I felt my first quarter here at college. And... They were my biggest support system in that transition because I would go all week going to classes, not really talking to anyone because again, I felt really lonely. And at the end of the week, I'm like, okay, I finally get to see my family. I finally get to have that big sigh of relief that I can just talk to someone who I know loves me. And they have constantly loved me throughout my whole time in undergrad. And they are constantly still there. And luckily for me, through first year programs and through the numerous programs I've been a part of through the UW, I have been able to find people who I consider my home now. Yeah, um, for me, it was actually a little bit more of an inverse. Um, my transition was more about um, defining boundaries of family back at home and really finding myself as a person. So my first quarter here at UW was pretty good. Um, and I am very thankful it was, and I feel like I adjusted pretty rapidly. Um, however, the next quarter, not so much. Uh, that one was not as ideal. Um, but a lot of my transition was defining myself as a person and defining myself as a, you know, like an adult. Uh, that was the craziest part to think about was that I'm on my own now. Um, so when I first transitioned into college, um, I had my mother is someone who really likes to cling on. Um, and I really do appreciate that. And I appreciate her love and affection. Um, but she does love to cling. Um, so a lot of my college transition was defining those boundaries and saying, hey, mom, I can't respond to you every 10 minutes. Um, and I am an adult and I can make my own decisions. Um, and so a lot of a lot of my transition time for me was staying up at UW um, and then kind of a little bit dreading going back home. Not because I didn't want to see my mom, of course, but because I knew 
that once I would go back home, it would, you know, make it a little bit more difficult to define those boundaries, as well as it's going back home to Graham. That's not anything to write home about, obviously. Um, so a little bit of an opposite transition than Dana. Um, I could go. Uh, my transition, I feel like, is just a, was just a lot of change um, from quarter to quarter and like from week to week even. Um, and I, I just feel like there was a lot of, I think like one of the major things was the competitiveness of like UW. And from my personal experience, like being a STEM, STEM major especially, it's like, uh, it's like do well or or like it's the end of the world sometimes you know and it just because it feels that way it's not actually it just is really competitive and so like going into that my first year and going into weed out classes and a bunch of um, highly competitive classes like that was like really heavy on like how you viewed your like academic achievements and stuff so that was a big that was a big transition was like turning my like view into a growth mindset and saying like I can't go back on what I did because I just need to move forward to the next quarter and I need to do better and learn and reflect and that's all you can really ever do because you can't you know go back and change things and it's not always going to work out perfectly and so the point is to learn and grow it's not to be perfect every single time and I think that was one of the big things I learned from my first year here especially with the competitiveness that I know so many so many other students feel uh, and yeah I, I agree also with Diana is I went home literally every single weekend because I just want to be there to support my family all the time I felt like I left them and like abandoned them like it felt like I should be home and not at school so it was like a big transition to separating my new life and like but still finding balance to support my family and be with them when when I, when I needed to or when they needed me there. So, yeah. When I transitioned, uh, I also had a really similar experience as Diana. Um, I know that, for instance, my parents didn't go to a university or, or a college experience, so they couldn't help me out with academics or with financial aid and all that other kind of stuff that it seems like my peers were able to figure out instantly. However, they were able to like check up on my well-being, so my parents would always call me and check and ask, how am I doing with eating? Am I eating enough food? Am I not eating ice cream for every meal? Because there were weeks where I, I would eat ice cream for every meal or I would not eat because I have midterms coming up. And in all honesty, I think that that was the best way that they could have supported me, and I'm thankful that they did do that because I didn't realize how much of my physical well-being was taken care of when I was living at home. But then when I got into college, that kind of part was neglected. And so they supported me in a, a really holistic way that, that that wasn't really common when I was growing up in high school, but that was exactly what I needed at the time. Yeah, so it looks like you all uh, transitioned from a city close to Seattle and kind of just moved into um, the dorms and living on campus and on and around campus. So what did your family members and your parents look like in your decision-making process as an individual as you went from living with them all, all the time to now you're like a couple miles away living your own life? I think for me, um, that transition was definitely an interesting one, to say the least. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, it was more for me transitioning into UW was defining my own boundaries and such. And so my decision-making process was kind of new to me. 
Um, Because before growing up in Graham, um, my decisions weren't usually my own. Um, They were like ideas that were then confirmed to be decisions by other people. Um, And so coming to UW and to college, it was like, whoa, hold on now. This is my own decision-making time. Um, And so that process was interesting. And it was definitely difficult to have those conversations with my parents and say, hey, it's my turn to make the decision. And this is a decision I've made. I ask that you respect that. Um, That was difficult to have. Um, Definitely not easy. And definitely took a few different conversations to get um, that boundary set. Um, But for me, it was also finding out my own decision-making skills. I 100% made a few mistakes. um, And I feel like everyone eventually throughout their life will make mistakes. And that's okay, obviously. Um, But I really appreciate those mistakes because it helped me realize... um, what was a good decision and what was not, um, but on my own. And I didn't have to have anyone telling me that it was a bad decision. I learned from the consequences that it was a bad decision. Um, so I appreciate those failures, and I really appreciate um, really taking those failures into heart and um, recognizing that, hey, just because I messed up does not mean it's the end of the world. I can take this, kind of reflect on it, um, and then improve my decision-making for the future, which I think I have done um, hopefully a good job at. Fingers crossed. We'll have to see in the upcoming years. So. I guess I can go next. Uh, I have a really similar experience with Lucas. Uh, my parents also initially, we had to have that conversation, right? They they were always calling me, texting me. I'm sure she like emailed, my mom emailed me at one point just to make sure I was doing okay. Because every moment of silence, right, my parents just thought I had spontaneously combusted or something like that. Dead. But, right, instantly <laughs> dead. And, and then it's like, she, I, I just always remember every hour or so checking checking my phone to see if she called because if she didn't call I was I don't or if she did call and I didn't call back it would be like it would be hell but anyway I I had those conversations with my parents and they started you know realizing that like Lucas was saying every mistake that I make isn't going to kill me it's going to be a learning experience and it's going to improve me in the future and with that with that knowledge they started to slowly let me be my own person so I think that that was the number one thing that 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 any family member can do is is to have those conversations with your with your student and see how much of a role should the parent play. There's going to be some some students who say, "I want you in my life all the time and check up on me, please." And then there's going to be students like Lucas and I who are like, "I need time to figure out whether or not I can eat Aladdin's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for seven days a week." <laughs> and, and dessert. Be, and Aladdin's and dessert. dessert. And you forgot and the ice cream, Chloe. You forgot the ice cream. Um. I think for me, I actually had the opposite experience, which was really surprising. Um, My mom and dad actually kind of were very like hands off with me, surprisingly enough. I have like immigrant parents, like very, very much like immigrant parents, which are like, you know, what are you doing? Where are you going? Who are you going with? What time are you coming back home? That kind of situation. but I felt like when I left for college, I think they understood that it was a transitional period for our relationship. And especially because like my grandma passed away the November before I went to college and our relationship had changed tenfold because of that, what that happened. Um, so my mom was like, I just care that you're alive. So if you send me like an emoji indicating that you're alive, I would love that. And I'm like, okay, that's great. She said, I would love also to FaceTime you when you have time, when you're not busy. And I'm like, that's also fine. So I think 
that the biggest thing parents can learn from their child transitioning into college is that they're going to have their own boundaries that they want to set with you. And at first, I can understand from the parent's shoes, it can be really difficult to let go and let your child be their own person, but you got to let it happen because eventually they're going to, you know, move out, move out and have their own family and have a career for themselves, which is scary to think about as a 21-year-old woman who one day will graduate from college and have their own family. But that is real. <laughs> and I think parents should take that, in, take that into account when they are talking boundaries with their student. Way to put me in a quarter-life crisis right there. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> I know. I'm really sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yes, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, I feel like, kind of similarly, I had a pretty hands-off, like, experience growing up, and I was really independent in my decision-making process. Going from uh, a high school to college was pretty smooth, and I have I have little siblings that were in middle school at the time during my transition, so growing up, a lot of my experience was being a role model in every decision was sort of reflected on them and so in in that sense I got a lot of I appreciate my parents for like kind of building that independence for myself and it made the transition like super easy um and yeah that was it was pretty chill great thank you all for those answers um going into UW being away from your family what were some challenges and worries you had as a new and incoming student? I know we all at least had some. I mean, I definitely did. But that, what do you not, mean? There's no thing. worries. Are you kidding? Right. Yeah. Sure. Right. Back. Next one. We had no worries. It was a smooth None. sailing all the way. Yeah, skip. No, it was, it was bad for me. I had so many challenges. I felt like every day I was grappling with, with another challenge, whether it be academics, social, or just mental and physical well-being. And I don't mean to scare you all, but the only the, the only way that students can really mess up on their journey is they don't seek help, right? So I and that was my my issue is that I, I was afraid that if I ask for help about hey where do I go if I need to do laundry that kind of question I thought that they would I would get laughed at and so I'd just be waiting until someone else asked that question. But if you are the person that asked that question, you will build community and your peers will appreciate you for it, whoever is listening to this podcast. So I know that that's a really nebulous answer, but my challenges were everywhere and I overcame those challenges by really asking for help. Yeah, to echo that sentiment, what challenges did I not have as a first-year student? Like, like there oh, but is... that's not fair. You had the pandemic. That's true. That's true. And I will touch on that. Um, my biggest, I will say, out of all the challenges I had, my biggest challenge was my mental and physical health. I struggled so much my first year of college with my mental and physical health. My mental health was the first thing that took a toll college took a toll on. Um, I was really struggling with the idea of loneliness. I touched on that before and imposter syndrome and being first gen. So I was figuring everything out. This world was so brand new to me and I had no clue what I had gotten myself into. And I was taking it a day at a time. And to touch on that, I feel like I learned this, but your physical health 
is so important. And if your physical health is not in check, your mental health will not be in check. I remember not sleeping very well my first year at college. Um, for the first time in my entire life, and mind you, I was like 19 years old at the time, my eye was twitching. My eye has not twitched since my freshman year of college. And I remember just a week straight, twitch, twitch, twitch. Like, and I was so frustrated with the fact that I, my eye was switching and I thought I was getting like enough sleep. So your physical health is so important. Take care of yourself, drink water, eat three meals a day. Um, if you have like, I don't know, personal health problems, make sure those are in check. Like for me personally, I have neck problems and I have asthma and I make sure that I keep those in check and I'm healthy. And then that will, you know, help you out in the physical and the mental aspect as well. So really do keep those two things in mind. And I know those will be really hard to acclimate at first, but it will happen. I think for me, what I expected the challenges were going to be were not at all what they were. Um, so I came in going like, okay, tests. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I think that's pretty universal. Um, everyone's afraid for the first exam. Um, but spoiler alert, it went fine. The challenges that I faced were coming to the big city. So I mentioned earlier, uh, I came here mainly because Seattle, hello. Thriving community, love it here. Um, but the challenge I faced was learning to actually love myself. Um, and that was because I came from a place that where I was not allowed to. Um, so the challenge I really had to take on was knowing that, hey, it's okay to wear eyeliner. For example, here we are. Um, and that was a transition because I came in with the same mindset of, I came with a defensive mindset that I had back in my hometown where, it's, you know, I had to walk a certain way, talk a certain way, um, wrist straight, not limp. Um, and really being able to understand that that's okay here. Um, and for me, acclimating through that and realizing that there's my community here, um, a thriving community here, uh, that was something that I really appreciated but struggled with um, because it was a constant, a constant like inner monologue of going, is this okay? Is this okay? Am I able to do this? Um, and the answer yeah, is yes, obviously in hindsight, hindsight's 2020, uh, was yeah, it is okay now. Um, and so now every time I go back to Graham, it's like, oh, that monologue comes back a little bit. Um, but I'm glad that I have had this opportunity to really come in to a place where my community thrives. Um, and so the challenge that I faced was learning to love myself, of course. Um, you know, big challenge, obviously, not exactly just a little checklist item. Um, so it wasn't exactly what I expected. It was not what I expected, um, but I'm glad that I faced that challenge because similar to like my decision-making process, I think having those challenges builds you up to be a stronger person. So, you know. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, <laughs> I, I think one of the biggest worries I had was mainly about like not being good enough, you know, like not being good enough to succeed, not being good enough for people other people like to find friends like not being like good enough at making friends and it was like it was always like something like i'm not gonna like achieve i'm not gonna be good enough for that or there's gonna, always gonna be someone better which which i mean maybe is sort of true there's always gonna be someone better at something but like you're always good enough like no matter what and so i think like overcoming that challenge was mainly just jumping like head in you know, like there's nothing you can, you can't just like postpone the first day of your classes because you're scared and you don't think you're going to be good enough to succeed. You just kind of got to go in and be like, 
whatever happens happens and I'm going to improve like later on I'm going to learn um and so yeah I think being like really open-minded too is important because I like to get to find friends and to get community I had to put myself out there in a way that like I not like never do and stuff so that's like how I found friends and but that's also how I was like vulnerable and honest with myself in in growing and like learning so I think like kind of jumping head in but also being open-minded and honest with yourself and learning are some of the main ways that like I overcame some of my my worries That's awesome. We all have our own challenges and our own worries, but a lot of what sounded to be like the main mantra of it all and just the common denominator is that building connections really on campus and like trying to find your community. So on that note, how, how did you make your connections at UW and how did you make the campus a smaller place for you? Hands down, first year programs no better answer than that. I, again, way to reiterate the point, we had a COVID year. Me, Lucas, and Morgan, our freshman year cut off short. We had two quarters, maybe, and Chloe, of course, and Chloe. Um, we had two quarters of completely in-person learning, and then we were like swept away from that opportunity of being able to have in-person learning. And I remember March being offered the orientation leader job and I'm like, okay, let's see how this is going to work. And I met some of my bestest friends in the entire world. I met Kent, I met Morgan, I met Chloe, I met Lucas, and so many others as well. And it was the first time, and I don't know if any of all of you know this, but it was the first time where I had truly felt like UW was home because for so long I had felt the mental drain of UW. I was just so lonely. And I had slowly started making friends right before the pandemic shut it down. So I was finally starting to get my groove and finally starting to find people who I like love and want to be around me and to feel like home again. But first year programs not only brought me community, not only brought me home, but brought me the confidence to be the woman I am today. Like in comparison to the woman who first started as an orientation leader i think i'm leaps and bounds ahead of what that person was because i can tell you like that person was not confident that person was like still struggling to find like her voice in at uw and still struggling just period <laughs> and it's hard to see what that was for me before but it's so beautiful and so worthwhile um to be sitting here with my best friends talking about how much time has allowed for change and how beautiful change can be. So I really do um, applaud first-year programs for bringing, bringing me my, my home. We're going to get like a million orientation leader applications after that. <laughs> but I, 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 I want to so. say, <laughs> yes, please. Uh, here's a quick shout out to, to all the student opportunities that FY, FYP provides. But also, of course, if, if you aren't interested in the first-year programs, we also have, like, plenty of ways to get involved on campus. And I think that that is how also I made my connections as well, is I, I just put myself out there in places that I didn't think I would be comfortable. And I found that comfortability in the connections that I built. And I also want to talk about how I made connections 
in person because I unlike Diana Lucas and Morgan and Chloe I did get that extra year of being in person I would I want to say that like all the students at UW are in the same boat as you no one's coming in with like a horde of their high school friends and they are determined not to talk to anyone else they want to make connections with you so if you are sitting in a class and you're noticing hey I sit next to this person every day and I don't even know their name turn around and say hi because I'm sure that they are wondering the same thing and look if they if they totally shoot you down UW is huge you won't run into them again if you try hard (laughs) or don't try hard or if you want you can even just sit at a different location for the rest of the quarter it is totally fine no one's going to like scoff at you but every time I put myself out there and I turn to my neighbor and I say hey I don't have a pencil even though I totally do I just want to start (laughs) conversation they will respond and they will tell you their names. They'll form study groups with you. And I haven't had an issue yet. Everyone here is really welcoming. Don't listen to that Seattle freeze nonsense. Just You might bump try. into them at Aladdin's though. You, I, I, I thought it was funny how you're like, oh, you'll never run into them. Somehow, I will you'll say, run into them on the app no matter sure. how big UW is, you will, you, you will run that into them eventually. True. It's funny, building off the kit equals pathological liar. I don't have a pencil. Do you have one? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I'd break a pencil right in front of them and say, sorry, broke a pencil. You have a pencil? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So my favorite way to make friends, like build community, um, I just talk a lot, (laughs) which I mean, you know, hello. Um, I feel like that's part of my personality. Um, I'm probably like, well, you could consider like a social leech. And you're like, whoa, that's a weird word. Reason I say that is because I love to make friends and then become their friend's friend and then start with that network web. So I feel like almost everyone I meet, I meet their acquaintances or like their friends and then I like talk to them too. Um, and I start to like kind of like just branch out. This isn't intentional. It's just something I realized through reflecting. I think I was talking about it with Kent actually. And I was like, Hmm. I didn't even know I was doing that, but here I am. Um, and so far for me, that's worked both, you know, online and in person. Uh, so if you are a talker like I am, keep talking. And if you're not a talker, that's okay. Um, people love to make friends with people of all different kinds, um, no matter who you are. Some people don't like that I talk so much, and other people love it. Um, some people prefer people who don't talk as much or some people prefer that they do so um there's different types of people for every type of person uh, just you know that's up to you really but my method is the social leech um i i feel not to sound like a broken record but like i feel the same way as diana because i made like my best friends through first year programs and just getting involved in being an orientation leader and it was like the it, they were genuinely the first friends I made in college because everything else was sort of like hey um how'd the test go and then I was it I wouldn't see them again um so yeah I think it's important too that like I kind of realized that I thought it was more of a time thing like I just need to spend more time in Seattle and I just need to be here longer like it doesn't feel like home because I haven't been here for a while but I think what's more important is the personal connections you make because I didn't feel like Seattle was home and UW was home until I became an orientation leader and I made such amazing friends. And literally ever since then, and it's been a year, so I can attest to this, um, I felt like Seattle is very much my home and I want to be here all the time. Like I want to hang out with my friends all the time and I want to see my peers all the time. So 
like my biggest advice with that is to get involved like try new things apply to like whatever you can because you never know what's going to come out of it and that probably sounds cliche and you've probably heard it before even but I like I mean it like you'll reflect back on it at some point and be like wow that was such a good decision like I'm so glad I applied to that because I like changed like my trajectory like my college experience so yeah so you hear that FYP those interested in becoming orientation leaders just kidding (laughs) Um, the link is (laughs) (laughs) google.com not to make it about me but i'm coming from that different perspective of you all kind of lived on campus and i commute to campus so my struggle was a struggle because i didn't get to spend all of my time on campus or like all of my time just like walking around seattle because i always had to be home because like if i missed the bus at this time like i'm never getting home never getting anything done um and like really I, I thrived, it's really awful to say this, but I thrived in COVID because now everybody was home and everybody had nothing to do. So everybody was just like always online. And like I made so many friends in my registered student organization, my RSL, because of that, because we all had so much downtime and we like transitioned to studying more online together. And honestly, just that's how I made campus feel like a, a smaller place. And again, or, orientation last year was online. So all of my orientation leader friends, even though we did like kind of were together in like the same building and had our like, like we had times where we did interact with each other, but like I, I thrived more online than I did in person. And in person, I, I was, I told myself per quarter, I have to do at least one extroverted thing because I'm not extroverted in person um so for me that entailed opening a door for somebody and now I am literally friends with them and I don't know how it happened I just it was out of pocket out of character and I was just like I want to I want to make a friend and this is how I'm going to do it because what better way to be a nice gesture um, but on that note, and on all of that, and how did COVID affect you, and obviously you saw how it affected me, um, how did COVID affect you in your experience, your work, your school, your community, just like all of that? Um, COVID was the most abrupt thing ever to happen. Um, again, I think everyone knows that. We were two weeks away from finishing winter quarter. I was just starting to get comfortable just starting to make friendships and connections like at that point in life i had just met my roommate and just started becoming friends and we were getting super duper close and then all of a sudden we're sent away home and i'm at home for multiple months and that does like it put a wrench in a lot of things like completely and one of the biggest things it did is it was really hard to study at home and be a daughter and be a sister at the same time because you don't have that boundary. And that was the first thing I noticed from moving back home. Like I didn't have that boundary because they didn't understand what was going on. Like, oh, I'm closing the door because I have class right now. You can't just come in and be like, hey, what are you doing? Can we go here? And like, no, like it, it didn't. And now on top of that, I am immunocompromised. I'm an immunocompromised individual. I did not leave my house for months until I moved in to be an orientation leader. And at that point, 
I did see the decline in my social abilities. Like, I truly did see it. Um, I reflect on that now, definitely. And how hard it was to first socialize with human beings that were my age again. And it was really difficult. So the social aspect was really difficult. Studying from home was really difficult. Virtual learning has so many inequities because not everyone can grasp that knowledge at the same pace, at the same like level. And it's so, so hard to see, especially, you know, I have a younger sister and seeing her really struggle in her classes and trying to understand the content when she's really kind of teaching herself because, you know, teachers are kind of like trying their best at this virtual online learning. And it was just an uphill battle for all of us, I feel. Yeah, adding on to that, I remember when there was like the first few cases and they canceled finals, I was like, perfect, this is going to be fantastic. In hindsight, obviously, maybe not. Um, so yeah, those, the first, the first weeks of the pandemic, I was thriving. I was like, did I take finals? I had a 4.0 or something like that. Uh, doing great. And then we got a little bit more into it and a little bit more into it. And here we are like, what, almost a year and a half. Is it a year and a half at this point? Yeah. We're, I, we're, we're, we're getting closer that. to, yeah, we're, yeah, we're hitting closer to two years. That's awesome. Love that. <laughs> um, no, so for me, the big trend, the big difficulty, so I have ADHD. And so that does not exactly fit with online learning, especially because I could be sitting at my computer and just spacing out the entire time. I've done it about two times during this podcast. So if you see me just like looking at the wall, that's why. Um, but basically, it was really hard for me to grasp the content uh, because I'd have so many other things rushing through my mind because I'm at home. And so like Diana, I didn't have that, you know, work, life, uh, student balance. Um, and so my mind was constantly just going from this track to this track to this track until I realized, oh, wait, I missed integrals in my math 124 lecture um, or 125, whatever class it was. Um, and that obviously not quite ideal for um, a college experience. So for me, it was really hard to really adjust with that. Um, and so that at that point is when I started seeking out DRS accommodations. Um, so quick plug for DRS. DRS is amazing, amazing resources, the disability resources um, services. I would 100% recommend them um, seek out accommodations if you need them. Um, and so I started doing that because I realized how much I was struggling. I did it way too late, let me tell you that. Um, but now that I've done it and now that we're finally going back to in person, I'm so excited uh, because I focus so much better in person um and so um here's hoping that my grades really go up a little bit let's just say s s slash ns has saved me a few times um <laughs> i think that's true for a lot of people as well um but basically i'm really excited to go back in person so i can like finally focus you know for like the first time in a good while um i feel like the transition was really strange because during my first year, I wanted to go home. Oh, I did go home every weekend, basically. And then I was like, oh, awesome. I'm going to go home for this quarter. This is what I wanted the whole time. Anyway, but then I realized it was not like what I needed because I realized after that I didn't have I didn't have like my own space anymore. I just I was sleeping on the couch. And so it was really hard to separate like my school and like 
my my personal time and my life there there's no such thing as alone time um and it was like like that quarter was like my worst grades ever like of my whole college experience um and all of that so it was again like during your first year you're already transitioning to coming to college and then this felt like a whole new transition and I know a lot of people felt that way too so I think like there was a huge learning curve like having to do online school and having to adjust your living situations and all of that so yeah it was but it it made me a lot more flexible of a person like a, a lot more versatile of a person so I definitely gained a lot of skills and like life lessons from that but it was definitely like like diana said very abrupt and a big transition and a lot of change i completely want to like agree with what morgan diana and lucas had said but i also want to draw some silver linings as well that i know that going into the university of washington a lot of students are thinking this is going to be a cold environment and everyone's only going to care about academics but when we transitioned into the pandemic remote world a lot of my professors became more empathetic and a lot of my classmates became more empathetic as well and i truly at that moment appreciated the uw community for being a place where we can deal with the pandemic together and recognize that we're all humans before students so i will always like remember my professor canceling the final and i was just shocked that we even had that option because i thought wow we're like it's going to be extra cutthroat like who can survive we're going to see who can survive a pandemic and still get a good grade but it wasn't like that and i have had more study groups and more connections with other students using canvas and discord through this pandemic than i did when we were in person of course i'm still looking forward to being in person but i hope that connection that camaraderie still continues as we go into um, whatever the next school year looks like Well, unfortunately, that was uh, my last question I had for you all. Sad. Sad. I know. What Chloe, wait, hold on. We had a question. Voice. We had a question for you, Chloe. Oh. How does yeah. it feel being the best host ever? Oh. Um, that's not true. <laughs> she is the best host ever. Let's be real here. Yes. Yes. I love Jenna and Carlos. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> They're amazing. They were okay They're guest am- hosts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Can't um, wait for them to review this and hear you say that. We love you, Carlos. Yeah. Office <laughs> dynamic will be a little interesting. <laughs> um, on that note, um, is there any advice you would like to share for incoming first-year students and maybe even uh, second-year students who are first like this is their first time being on campus. Do you have anything to share or you'd like to add before we 100%, say 100%, 100%. So as it, so I was in OL um, last year, so I got to interact with the incoming class of last year and as to go this year, so I got to interact with the incoming class of this year. Um, so I saw a lot of people, a lot of people virtually, not in person. Um, and a lot of what everyone was worried about was like, hold on, am I going to like make friends am i gonna meet people i'm gonna get there people are already gonna have their groups just exactly like kent mentioned before where he said that people come in and they think that everyone has their friends already i would say that this year is such a unique year in the sense that the 
that idea is so much so much more like not true because not only do you have an entire incoming class this year looking to meet people you have an entire incoming class of last year and not only that you have an entire incoming class of two years ago who only got to start making connections and want to continue those connections seniors they might have a few good ones but they're still open to um, different connections so let that idea that you're not going to make any friends because everyone already has friends go away because i would say you probably have the best bet out of any incoming class for the last few like decades at making those connections so i mean if we're talking about silver linings and pandemic i mean hey that's one i think i'd add to the list kent um second recommendation follow me at lucas got lucas.godfrey on instagram i think that's a great resource um especially because you can message me if you need to if you have questions um, and I think that it's really helpful. So yeah, at Lucas.Godfrey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I do have some advice. Um, this is going to sound extremely cliche, but get out of your comfort zone. Come get out of your comfort zone. Um, for me, I was so close to not applying to be an orientation leader. I was a hair away from not doing it. I was, I'd applied on the last day before it was due. I was so close to not submitting the application, but I'm so glad I did. And it was completely out of my comfort zone at the time. I was just so shy and introverted and didn't know my place at UW. Get out of your comfort zone. The most beautiful things will happen to you once you do. Um, I can attest to that. The most, some of the most beautiful things are in the room with me and doing this podcast. And that's just the fact. Um, and more beautiful things can come your way if you get out of your comfort zone. So. Uh, don't be afraid to do that. And if we're plugging Instagrams, I will so gladly plug too. Um, <laughs> T D Laguan um, is my Instagram handle. Don't be afraid to shoot me a message. I, again, education major, love connecting with students. So please connect. Um, I can go because mine's kind of similar, very similar to Diana's actually. Uh, it kind of short and sweet, but like I also just think you should dive like right in, like literally just dive right in, take every opportunity you can, do everything you can, like while you have those opportunities. And even though you're scared, you just got like, you just got to keep going because everything is going to be new. And that's like, what's, what's so fun and cool about it. So um, yeah, I guess I don't want to break the Instagram plug chain so I don't really even I won't check it that often actually but if you want to follow me you can follow me it's Mark C. Mill yeah if I have to share my Instagram I guess I can <laughs> that wasn't a requirement on this but um okay Kent do you have any last words yes I have two two last words my first last word is that Aladdin's closer to the Yav on the West Campus often gets full at night. There's another one down the street. Just keep going and you will beat the weight when you come back. I know it seems really Hold hard, on. but before, like that's, that's my piece of it. Before that you give that advice, I will say this. The Aladdin's further down the street is not as good as the Aladdin's closer to campus. I will say that right now. And also, pro tip, Aladdin's during the day is not as good as Aladdin's during the night. Just saying. Also, this is Kent giving advice, so let's just, we'll have no, to Kent. No, Kent's advice was wrong. <laughs> no, 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 Kent, I'm just saying, like, advice. sometimes the, the hunger for Aladdin's beats the right. need for Dinner, good dessert, quality breakfast, lunch. Right. Dinner, dessert, breakfast, lunch at Aladdin's. I am looking forward to seeing all the students who listen to this and families there. My 
other piece of advice is I, I heard this one during my orientation when I was an incoming freshman. Uh, someone said, sleep more than you study, study more than you party, but party as much as you can. I wouldn't use the word party. I would say socialize, but I think the sentiment holds true. Take care of your, your mind and body first before your academics, and then academics and, and social life can be, can be up there and prioritized accordingly. And that is all I got. Oh, also my Instagram is at Gowzer, G-O-W-Z-E-R. If you follow me, I will give you wowzers from Gowzer on posts that I like. And I promise I will like most of the posts. And if I don't, I'll give you a Bowser from Gowzer and I'll immediately unfollow you. And with that, I will pass it on to Chloe to wrap things up. Thank you. Thank you all for being here and self-plugging. Shamelessly. Um, we love you. <laughs> thank you to all the parents and families listening and students. Um, hopefully all of our different student perspectives um, helped and educated you in some way, shape, and form. With that, thank you for listening to this student perspective episode. Say hi to us if you run into us. The Husky Huddle Up podcast is a collaboration between the University of Washington first-year programs and parent and family programs to provide parents and families equitable access to information in support of their student success. The Husky Huddle Up is produced by Chloe Giselle, a junior in the UW Cinema and Media Studies program.